Welcome to Reading to Kids podcast. I'm your host, Jenna. And I'm your host, Peyton. And we're here to read to you or with you. We know that sometimes moms and dads don't always have the time or the motivation to read to their kids each night, and we know how important it is. So, on those nights that you're not in the mood, we're going to do it for you. Can't wait to read with you. Good job, Peyton. High five. Chapter 29. This book is not good for you. Yes. Book 3, page 287. Mm Mm-hmm. What's the chapter 29 called? Oh, yes. Chapter 29, The Jester's Tent. The Jester's Tent. Okay, go on. Take it away, Peyton. But hold on. And it's a picture of trees or leaves falling. And it's, it's, it's a circus tent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you can see a black shadow of a jet. Like, yeah, you can see this. It's called a silhouette. Silhouette of a jester. And a person sitting on a chair. Who's the jester? Oh, oh, oh. Jester's sitting on like a bed or a throne or something. Yes, and then there's a person holding a candle and he's sitting on a chair. Mm hmm. Yes. Go for it. Okay. And it's, um, and then it's just the background night with stars, you know? Yeah. Looks spooky. If you have the book, you'll see. But. Yeah. Exactly. She, okay, now I'm going to start reading. Oh, you sleep, but, um. Okay. She was in a tent. An old canvas, right? Yeah, canvas. canvas. Tent that had been mended. Mended means fixed. Okay, here you go. Okay, you're done already? Yeah. (laughs) Okay, hold on. The only thing I hate about the minty gum is it's hard to drink water. Oh, because it's cold. Yeah. Okay. She was in a tent, an old canvas tent that had been mended one too many times. The moonlight shone through the rips of the fabric and cold wind blew from the side from some faraway place, freezing the tips of her ears. An oil lamp sat on the on the earthen floor, its weak flame flickering in the wind. Next to the lamp, an old man lay on a bed of hay. Oh, it's the gestures on the bed of hay. Ah. Okay. On the bed of hay. However, he wore a frayed cap which hung like a tarnish like hung tarnished silver bells. He coughed. She leaned down and touched his cheek. Grandfather, are you cold? I must get you out of this this carnival tent and take you somewhere where it is a proper bed and fire. Grandfather, why had she called him that? He wasn't one of her grandfathers. He was such so much he was much older unless she was in the future. Whoever he was, he raised his head in anger. Carnival tent, what you call a carnival tent, I call my castle. This is though it is it the though its walls be ripped, I will not be ripped from it. We fall together, the tent and I. His head fell back onto the hay. He had exhausted himself. Let me at least remove this old hat you have wrapped around and something warm. I have a scarf. She started to lift his hat, revealing his pale, pointy ears. Remarkably similar to Cass's own. To Cass's own. Save for a long gray hair sticking out of them. Ew, he had gray hair sticking out of his ears. 
He stopped her with a brush of the hand. This is my jester cap, the crown of my my jokingdom. The old man said, I will die with I would die without it, and I must die with it. Very well, she said wearily, but please do not talk of death, grandfather. I will not listen. The jester, the old man was the jester. So then if she was in the past or dreaming of it anyways, but then who was she? The jester's granddaughter? That would make her what? Her own grandmother? Do not try and protect me, my love, said the jester. Death is like an old dog. He always knows when you are at his door. And no matter your riddles either, I cannot bear them now. You think it best that I do not do that I do not jest, yet I cannot be grave, then how should I behave? I think it best that you rest. I do not want you to catch plague. It is all over this wretched country, and your disasters, you and your disasters, hurricanes, earthquakes, plague, you cannot be prepared for everything, you know. Oh my gosh, that's where she gets it. Her grandfather was a survivalist. And what it, what is the harm in trying? Enough. I don't want to argue. You are the treasure I have most. So it is to you I must give my treasure. She started to cry, shedding the tears she had been holding back. But I do not want your gold. I want you, I want only for you to live. Oh, there is no gold. I speak of something that you cannot hold. What is that? Something that cannot be told. Grandfather, she groaned. Tell me what it is or go to sleep. I just told you. It is something that cannot be told. It is a secret? He nodded. Please. Very good, my child. It is indeed a secret. Now they were outside in a meadow. The sun shone in the bright sky, turning the tall grass gold. Although it was midday, her skin felt cold, as if it were evening. A breeze ruffled her hair, but she did not feel it. The jester was still with her, but now his his hat was plush and plum purple, its silver bells bright and sparkling like diamonds. Curly hair sprung out from under his, under his hat and bounced around his pink cheeks and mischievous grin. Behind them was his tent, also looking shiny and new, his red and white striplings, its gold flag waving. What secret, Grandfather? Grandfather, the jester just laughed, but I have yet no children. Would you have me a miss being a father altogether and skip the grand finale? He did a backflip on the grass, showing off youth and vigor. The bells on his hat tinkled merrily. What secret, Jester? The secret, the secret of secrets. They were at Cass's school now, on the schoolyard. She recognized the handball courts and Mrs. Johnson's school cleanup campaign posters. But they were alone. The school must have been closed. The jester was an old man again, but not yet bedridden. He was standing with an arm out over her shoulder, supporting himself. His tent, once more in tatters, stood lopsided beside them on the asphalt. I wonder if they're gonna. T- he's gonna tell her the secret in her her dreams, being passed out. The secret of the Turkish society? The secret does not belong to the Turkish society. You know what I mean, she said impatiently. Is it the secret that is that the secret you're talking about? He shrugged. It is the secret you wish to know most in the world. Yes. No. 
What I want to know most is who are my parents? No, forget that. Where is my mother? That's what I need to know. Is she okay? Can you help me find her? Ah, but I cannot help you with that. She is of your time. To find your mother, you must wake up. Then you can at least, then can you at least tell me? She didn't know how to phrase it. You wish to know who you are. Yes, who am I? Ah, that is the question, isn't it? To learn the secret, you must first learn your secret. Cass tossed and turned, thrashing around on the cold surface between wake and sleep. Who am I? Who am I? What has the jester just said? It was right there in the back of her head, but she couldn't hold on to it. Drink, Cassandra, drink. A rough and unfriendly voice, Hugo. This is the antidote. Without it, you may never regain consciousness. His gloved hand poured some kind of milky liquid down her throat. It was chalky tasting and made her cough, but she managed to drink most of it. What if it's chocolate? I don't know, but it's to wake her up. Allow me, still barely conscious. Cass felt a familiar chill coming from the other side of the table. Miss Mavius, I have a more old-fashioned remedy, but perhaps more effective. Cass, wake up! Miss Mavius's gloves slapped her in the face. It stung. The secret. Tell it to me quickly. I can't remember, Cass moaned. The milky liquid dribbled down her chin. You must remember. Cass opened her eyes. She had a piercing headache and her stomach was in revolt. But it was the sight of Miss Mavius leaning over her that caused Cass to regurgitate Senior Hugo's antidote. Right now, on right onto Mrs. Mavius's pristine white glove, Oh, she threw up all over her glove. Disgusting, exclaimed Miss Mavius. You are as rude as a jester. Cass gasped. How do you know about the jester? Miss Mavius was about to pull off her soiled glove and then seemed to think better of it. She put out her hand and on one of the henchmen's and handed her a towel. Never mind how I know, she said, wiping furiously. You were with him just now, weren't you? Don't lie, I can see it in your eyes. What did he tell you? Hold, he told you the secret, didn't he? Where's my mother? I want to see my mother. Tell me the secret and you will see your mother. I don't know the secret. Liar. Cass wretched again in answer. Darling, please, said Dr. L, resting his hand glove on her bony shoulder. Give the girl a second. Very well. I will wait until she collects herself, said Mrs. Mrs. Mavius mentioned to the henchman to mop up the mess. You disappoint me, Cassandra. I thought you'd be harder to catch in those those little chocolates like in a mouse trap. You think you'd fall for something to think you'd fall for something so simple. The chocolate was a trap, Cass said feebly. Naturally. You don't think that we could you don't think you could step onto this plantation without our knowing, did you? Or did you think my monkeys were just being friendly? You mean sh- you sent him for us? She was still feeling too sick to be upset. The mochachins are very highly trained, if you hadn't noticed. If you saw us entering the rainforest... did you see- So you saw us entering the rainforest? The rainforest? Miss Mavius laughed at her icy laugh. Yes, we saw you enter the rainforest. We saw you into the park. We saw you get onto the train. We saw you watching from the beginning. Did you not remember that we know where you live? So you wanted us to come. Who do you think we... Who do you think left the Wii magazine on your grandfather's doorstep? We know that you're... That we know by now there are no coincidences. 
especially lucky ones. Although I admit your acquiring the tuning fork for us was an unexpected bonus. We would have found it eventually, but you certainly helped. Thank you. You're not welcome. You, Cassandra, you've been a thorn in my side since I first laid eyes on you, but now you're going to be the solution to all of my problems. There's kind of a poetic justice in it, don't you think? How am I the solution? Because of who you are. What do you know what do you know about me? Only everything. What do you think I've been doing since the last precious moments we've had together? Once I realized who you were, I started learning all that I could. Who who would you like to know who your parents are? Tell me the secret and you'll find out. Cass hesitated, beginning to remind her the snippets of the conversation with the jester. I don't care who they are, she said. Not quite honestly. Just let my mother go. Very well, as you wish. We'll release that poor woman that you call mother when you tell me the secret. Here's the thing that I would say. I would say I'm not telling you anything because I already gave you the tuning fork and you were supposed to release her and didn't pull through on that promise, so I'm not telling you anything. And Pietro's going to be here before you know it because he knows where I am. I guess. No, but I just would say that because Owen knows where he is. Remember? Owen was the guy in the truck with driving the hay. Very well, as you wish. Then we'll release their poor mother when you tell me the secret. I told you I don't know the secret. I can't even remember what he said. And even if I knew, I wouldn't tell you, said Cass, finally, feeling strong with, strong enough to sit up. Was that true, she wondered? She wasn't sure. Perhaps it was the best that she could do, know the secret after all. I think I put you in one of my old animal cages for a while, said Miss Mavius. Let's see if sleeping on a cement floor helps you remember. Hugo, work on your recipe. The chocolate's not strong enough. She nodded to one of her old accolades, who then threw Cass roughly over his shoulder, following Miss Mavius to Dr. L's room. Clenching his fist, Hugo excited as well. After the tasting room had been emptied for a few minutes, Max Ernest, his t-shirt still covered, covering his nose, pushed the grate open before he could grab it. The grate dropped out of the open dropped out of the opening and fell noisily to the floor. Max Ernest froze, ready for the worst. But when nobody came, he gingerly let himself out of the air shaft. Here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Are they really that dumb to, to say that in front of her? Or just to say, Hugo, make the chocolate um, stronger. Stronger. Like, at least do it in sign language. I know. Get or at least go ooga booga. Well, they'll her. they'll make her eat it whether she wants to or not. Mm-hmm. You know. Standing alone in the room, he pulled his shirt off of his nose and allowed himself to breathe freely again. Now that he knew the midnight sun knew that they were there, he wasn't sure how to how useful disguise would be. Disguise the slave tunic would be. Nonetheless, he threw it back on. He found a golden pail where he'd stashed it under the table. But where he saw Cass's backpack laying next, he picked that up instead. Then he proceeded to walk out of the tasting room, alone. A dire situation seemed, as dire as the situation seemed, luck was with him. He felt it. An allergy to chocolate saved his life, or nearly. He had plenty of other allergies. Perhaps they would protect him from other dangers that he would face. What alarmed him most was the prospect that Cass might be keeping a secret as important as a secret from him. But before confronting her, he would have to rescue her. Now, how to get out of the building? Leaving the way they'd come out was out of the question, but there wasn't an exit at the rear. Now that, not that they'd seen anyways. The midnight sun would never let them 
Never leave themselves without an emergency exit plan, Max Ernest reasoned. That meant there must be some kind of an escape hatch, probably on the floor somewhere. Trying to get a hold of his lucky feeling that he had just a moment ago, he headed out of the room. <gasps> oh my gosh. And we're going to hit part three in a minute. Mm-hmm. Say, we're not spoiling, I'm not going to spoil it. Hmm? But can I say what it starts with? Yeah, part, what does part three start with? Um, D. Okay. It ends with a T. All right, pause and we'll see you in a minute.